You're listening to Two Sides of Phi, a podcast that follows two lifelong friends as they seek financial independence and to retire early. I'm Eric, and I'm joined by my friend Jason, who reached Phi in 2020. And this is our story. So Jason, you and I are fast approaching the time when we're going to be empty nesters and the the floodgates are going to open to travel. Opportunity awaits, right? I'm in a little bit of a different place than you and I'm trying to actually create a remote first business here so that I can do more travel uh, once I reach my fine number. So I've been making some changes actually even over the past few weeks here to make that more of a possibility. Um, We had had an episode on this and had a lot of... uh, but people had a lot of opinions. <laughs> they sure did about uh, my retirement strategy. So there's a there's a number of different things that come to mind when I think about early retirement travel. As Laura and I have been talking about it, it not only is it a big opportunity, but it's also kind of hard to plan for. How have yeah. you been thinking about this as you're preparing to uh, step into this next phase of your early retirement? Yeah, for, for, for the first thing I would say is that Lori and I aren't in a terribly different place than you and Laura are with respect okay. to the idea that it can be difficult to plan for something that's rather amorphous and at a undetermined date, except it's after a point in time. I think what we've been focused on largely is just the, a, a couple of like large categories of the type of travel that we're really interested in doing that are either an offshoot of what we can do now, but it's for a longer duration, or even just a totally different type of travel. And so with rare exception, and I've got one in mind, we haven't put really kind of timeline parameters on this stuff very well for the most part. But uh, we sure have been spending a lot of energy talking in now in a little more detail about some of the kinds of trips we want to take. How how about you guys? Yeah, we have been talking about it. And actually, I know you guys, it seems like you're pretty well aligned in your travel goals. But as Laura and I have been talking more and more, I have a few things that I want to do. And I think that they kind of conflict with some of the things that she wants to do. And so it'll yeah. be interesting to see if any of that has come up for you. For, for example, um, we're traveling to New York in a few days. We're going to spend a long weekend down there. And, um, you know, her dream, she's like, I'd love to just like spend three months in Williamsburg and live there. And I'm like, well, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. Sorry. Yeah. Not, not colonial Williamsburg. No, no. Williamsburg in, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. And one of the boroughs of New York city. Right. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I need to spend three months there. Um, nope. and so, so we've, we started to have these conversations She's and I said, well, I'd much rather go when we're younger to Southeast Asia and spend right. time traveling around there. And she's like, well, I don't know if I, I don't like, what do we do day to day? You know, like we're not going to have a big group of friends that we're traveling with, you know, because you know, our friend group here, nobody's early retired. So like, what does that day to day look like? Some of these discussions are interesting. So I think it does yeah. merit some planning. Have you guys had any differences like that? Ooh, differences. Um, nothing to, nothing at the concept level. I think some things maybe more about timing, like, you know, is there a way we can do something sooner than next year for some of the types of trips we were thinking about? But okay. I think on the whole, we've actually been pretty well aligned on like the, the bigger categories of the types of trips that we want to take. Um, and so far, a little disagreement. And, and I don't mean to say things are all rosy. Maybe it's when we get down to picking, like prioritizing, that's where we're going to run into challenges about what's more interesting. And then maybe it won't be so different than your discussion about uh, staying in Williamsburg. Yeah, like the day to day, I said to Laura, I was like, okay, so why 
why what's different about that instead of like why not the east village or something like that you know that that right. might be more appealing to me um and i said you know what is the day-to-day -day for you there what's that kind of dream life look like and she's like well i want to go to shows i want to go see theater i want to see the random performances that we can't see here i want to go to art galleries you know impromptu things different restaurants and like there's a lot of different places you can do that obviously but in my head and i don't know if this is where you go um i'm like did i budget properly for this <laughs> you know <laughs> yep like staying in new york is not cheap and now you know they've they've completely overhauled the airbnb regulations there i don't know if you know anything about this but it's it's now you know a place that you're going to probably be staying in, in a hotel or some kind of underground uh accommodation it's not right. going to be an airbnb so i don't i some of these things i feel like are kind of hard to plan for yeah, they can be. And that that topic of budget's a good one because, yeah. you know, for us, while I thought we had done a reasonable job of like thinking about sinking funds and some of the stuff you and I've talked about before, I realized that there was another level of math to do. And until I actually started putting pen to paper, it actually made me pretty nervous. But I started to do this exercise of like, well, if we're going to hold on to the house that we live in now, which right. for all we know right now, we are right. We like the idea of a home base. So what I started to do instead was say, well, what is going to come out of my budget right. when we're not in this house? You know, what utilities go way down, shopping, things like that. And now I can think of that as vacation money. And doing that exercise actually helped me. At least I think I have a better sense of like what the possible is. And now when we have a conversation about a trip like you're talking about where it's a, a maybe bigger spend – we can be a little more concrete about it, but I imagine at the stage you're at where, you know, the money is still currently coming in, there's question about the timing and ramping down and, uh, you know, the, this kind of remote first business, you've got a lot bigger question marks, I suspect, and that seems like it would be hard to resolve. It is, and it's also like now is the best time to be doing it, right? In your position, for sure, you've already come up with a budget, and yep, as it's I, too late. As I remember, <laughs> your budget was something. It was very close to my budget. It was about fourteen percent. Mine was about fifteen yeah. percent of the overall total monthly spend uh, related to that. And as I look at that as a number, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that that covers uh, what. You, Laura is projecting as as an right. ideal. And so now is a great time to have that conversation. Like, okay, well, all that means is we just need to, you know, redo the budget or we need to increase the fine number or something else. But it, it's good to, uh, that's why it's nice having these conversations now. But also, yeah. I, some of this is a little bit about like the dream and the reality, right? So I'm For kind sure. of, I'm in the dreaming phase. You're kind yeah. of more, you're closer to the reality phase, I feel like, because you're getting ready to do some of these trips. Um, but I started sure. thinking about it in this, um, have you heard these, this concept, like there's the go-go years once you retire, yes. the slow-go years and the no-go years. And, That's right. And those, those sort of lines of demarcation between those yeah. can come very quickly and very suddenly. And so I started thinking about it in you know, okay, I'm going to retire sometime in my fifties, early fifties, I hope. And, you know, that's a decade where we can do adventurous travel yep. further afield. Um, is that how you're thinking about it as opposed yeah. to, yeah, okay. It is. And I can actually give you a really concrete example that, that we've only talked about a little bit. And so, you know, while we have aspirations to do lots of slow travel globally, we also recognize that some of those types of trips could easily be done kind of decades from now right yeah you know, you know none of us knows knows how we're going to be and what our health's going to be like but we can make some reasonable guesses however on the other hand 
we're both interested in more kind of adventure travel and, and right. you know, more athletic experiences. And for example, I had been thinking about a, a long through hike uh, and eventually I kind of fell on the idea of uh, the Camino de Santiago in Spain, right? Hiking across the north of Spain, about 500 miles or 800 kilometers. And when I started talking to Lori about this some more as well, she got really interested in the idea. And so next spring, tentatively, not a couple months from now, but next year, we're looking at doing that together. Um, you know, our, our our teen will be off in college then and well-established. And so we're in good health. We do lots of hiking as it is. So that's a trip. If we have any interest in it, we need to do it sooner. Totally. And so we're trying to, like, have that be more a part of our active discussions about, like, what national parks do we want to visit and which ones are really hiking destinations versus more scenic. I mean – and does that kind of resonate with you? Or are you thinking totally. of, of similar things? Because we've talked about doing trips together and some of those are like 50 mile hikes. And yeah, that's probably not a trip we will be lucky enough to be able to do at 70 years old. Exactly. And I, I mean, who knows? But yes, that's exactly how I'm thinking about it. And also I'm thinking, you know, things that are maybe going to arbitrage currency while mm -hmm. we're earlier in our, you know, sequence risk years, it can't hurt to take long-term travel in Southeast Asia early on in the early retirement period, uh, given, you know, the currency arbitrage there and also our probably energy level and ability to do that and desire to do that. Um, That's right. And I mean, if you guys would be willing to do something like that, we'd love to do something like that with you as well, because it's like, <laughs> that's the one thing that worries me about you know, some of this travel, it does, it feels a little bit isolating in some respects, yeah. you know, and, um, that's one of the troubles that you have, I think with the early retirement community is you don't have a lot of kind of people in your immediate friend group who are willing, able to do the same things you are. So have, have yeah. you guys thought about that at all? Uh, that's a, that's a really great question. I hadn't overlaid those two ideas because it is true that we have thought about and, and we've even talked about it together on two sides of five, this idea of this kind of isolating that can happen. Yeah. You know, not everybody can travel on the same timeline as you in your friend group, especially if they're still in knee deep in their careers. So, um, you've given me yet another thing to think about, but, uh, it's not been a big part of my thought process to date, but it probably should be. So how many things do you have loaded up in this like 50s, your decade of your 50s? Yeah. Here? So barring the one trip that I just mentioned, which is yeah. going to be like a six week undertaking, um, I would say our thoughts have been much more around concepts. So the idea of slow travel, we have a list of countries that we are you know, really need to prioritize where we want to do 60 to 90 days of travel, you know, which is, you know, subject to visa limits in given countries. But that's yeah. pretty typical, right? You know, 90 days within a 180 day period or something like that. So slow travel, renting a, uh, a home or doing a home exchange, several places is of key interest to us. Another potential area of interest is you know, getting a travel trailer or a fifth wheel and doing more kind of around the United States sure. travel, you know, driving to places that we want to visit and hike at and kind of do this long. It's another type of slow travel, but it's really chaining together some types of trips we already do now, but what that we're limited to the school calendar, just like you are. Right. And so we have not done step two 
of saying like these are really the priority one and these are the ones we should be doing like you just said when we're younger and we you know our ableness is more assured but we haven't really started to articulate finally except for the one example that we just discussed how about you i know you have a more formalized process of putting things down and and capturing them to talk about but have you started to identify the ones of top priority um Mostly as a result of doing this show with you, because, okay. you know, as I start to think it through, I get this kind of sense of urgency. Like, yeah. I mean, you just don't have that much time in the end. And so the, the more planning I, I do up front, the better I feel and the more at ease I feel. And so, yeah, I do have a list that I'm starting to prioritize now differently rather than it just being this long random list. I'm putting things up higher on the list that are yes. closer to, you know, that are more athletically engaged and things that I'm probably not going to be able to do when I'm older. So, yeah, I have started to, you know, it's a die with zero concept, right? Like okay. Your decades of life are assigned to certain activities. And I know I'm not going to be doing Machu Picchu probably when I'm 70. Like, so I'm front loading that. Like, I really want to do that. That's one of the things I want to yep. do. Like, you know, I want to go to China. I want to. Uh, there's a lot of touring in Japan that I want to do. Um, you know, it, all these trips that are further away. Um, and if there's any currency arbitrage that I can do, yeah, I'm definitely prioritizing those first. I'll tell you one of the conflicts that I have. Um, okay. And maybe you can feel this too, is aging parents mm. and um, children coming home from college and wanting to, feeling the tug of both of these poles. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Fi. If you've been listening to Jason and I on the podcast, you may not be aware that we also have a YouTube channel. And quite often, we have supporting graphics, charts, information, and even a few outtakes that don't fit well in an audio format. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can find us on YouTube at Two Sides of Fi. It's appealing to think about going somewhere for 90 days, let's say, you know, spending it in Spain or Portugal or whatever. Um, but also, and, and that's not too far away for me on the East Coast, but, you know, right. for you, it might be on the West Coast or, you know, getting back to see family if, if something were to happen. Like, how, how do you think about that? I, I feel I feel kind of in the middle here. I mean, we're obviously the sandwich zone, right? Like, yep. I want to be around for both. But also, I only get one period in my life where I, I'm going to be able to do this. You know, I'm only so healthy right, right now. So how do you think about yeah. it? I don't. So we definitely think about it. I would say, you know, in some ways it's going to be easier than it is now because there are hard constraints on time, especially with the school schedule and such limited vacation periods, except for the summer uh, in the U.S. school system. But it's the problem doesn't go away. Um, you know, the situation is what the situation is, you know, especially with us. You know, we don't even live in the same geographic region of the U.S. Um, as our families right. do. We have one family in the Northeast and now, uh, and formerly uh, had both in the Northeast, but now the other half of our family is in the Southeast U.S. And so there's always planes involved and that creates a lot of logistic challenges. And so, you know, even this year uh, where we still have, you know, a student in high school, we're making the decision for the first time to not travel anywhere for the Christmas holiday, we're going to keep it at home and, and do it as a family uh, here because this is the last Christmas we have home with our kid before they go to college. And maybe it feels like we're just arbitrarily putting lines in there. But I mean, it's a it's a real decision and it's not an easy one. So I know that's not going to get 
easier. And we want to, you know, serve all masters basically because we do want to see our family. We do want to see our friends. We, uh. But we also want to take trips as a family. So I think there are always going to be trade-offs. I think that the thing we have in our favor more so in this current stage of our life is, you know, and, and will only get better is we have a lot more flexibility. It's a lot harder to do that when one or both partners are working and you're overlaying a school schedule and, you know, and, and, right? So it'll get easier, but it's not going to change. And I think it's going to be the same factors we've always had to consider. And I guess it's a balancing act, right? Because all of those things are important. Yeah. How, That's how, not a great answer. I apologize, <laughs> but it, it, it is genuinely how we think about it. And we, we talk about it a lot. Well, it's not going to keep you from spending three months living abroad. I don't think it will. As long as there are no, you know, mitigating factors from, you know, family who are, you know, not well and who need support locally, right, then then situations change. But, you know, at the moment, we're very fortunate that our both of our parents, sets of parents are very healthy and doing well. And, you know, we're able to see them, you know, not everybody is able to fly to come to see us. And that's fine. You know, we we try to work with that now and we'll continue to try to work with that. But we are earnestly planning on, you know, figuring out how to work all those things in to be able to do. Maybe we do fewer slow travel trips at this stage in a year. Maybe there's one of those. And then we do some shorter things and, you know, we put a family visit in between. I mean, yes, your families are closer to you in the Northeast, but that doesn't change the calculus if you're going to go to Portugal or Italy or Thailand. I mean, how are you guys, you and Laura talking about it? I mean, I think, you know, yeah, Southeast Asia is a little harder um, to convince Laura of. I think she's not as into that as our parents are aging. So, you know, her mom lives in the Northeast and she has a bunch of family in Northeast. And my family is now in the Southeast. And so it's a plain ride for me, for sure. And our kids are going to, you know, one's in college now and we have another one going off to college next, next year. And so that whole, it's all, you know, we all kind of scatter at a certain point. And so I think it just makes living near an airport (laughs) just that much more important. And so, but we did talk about, um, you know, Portugal has been something of interest to us. And we have yeah. some friends who moved to Madeira recently. Um, uh-huh. And I know they're changing rules and regulations over there with respect to visa and, they are. you know, travel restrictions are all going to change in January of 2024, um, which is going to make a 90 day stay like that's your maxed there for uh, every 180 day period. Right. Yep. Um, and, uh, so I don't know. It's interesting to me, but I guess this is where the, like the dream and the reality. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know if I need to be somewhere for 90 days to get the full experience. Maybe I do. Um, but it's also something that I know Laura really wants to try and sample. So um, I, I just I guess the, the thing that I keep bumping up against is how do I budget for this? How do I without finding a place yeah. and locking it in and, you know, um, Cause I'm not ready to commit and make that plan, but I mean, how have you been budgeting for it? I mean, I think I'm honestly only getting less rigid with this topic, particularly over the last year compared to the first two years. Um, if that's any consolation to you, you know, I, I think withdrawing below max gives me some confidence because I see that, you know, I could, I can spend more if I need to, 
But but the main thing that's helped me is doing that exercise of just kind of moving things around on the yeah, the balance the sheet. Yeah. yeah, and that's but honestly, you know, when you think about all that you spend to run a household, right? The money now be most of that becomes available to you as part of your travel budget and you're already going to have a travel budget assuming you're staying at your house. And that's exactly how we did it. And so when I actually put pen to paper, and I look at what that looks like. I know I'm not actively slotting in each of these trips. We're, we're definitely not going to be the type that say, here's these three trips or four <laughs> trips or whatever they are a year. This is the money we allocate to each and let's plan the next year. We're not going to do that. But That's what surprising we, what we to me because you no. you've been pretty granular with your budget on all things. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's more at this stage. Like I know what that maximum could probably look like within reason. Um, and, and just, you know, when I think about the kind of trips we're going to do, it seems like that's all going to fit. Um, that's not to say there's not going to be a year where maybe there's some special trip that we want to take as a family and, and have, you know, our, you know, other people with us and it's going to be an outsized year. But as you've reminded me numerous times on this show and offline, you're going to have those years where you overspend and you're going to have years where you underspend and, that's just going to be how it is. And, you know, depending upon how people set their five plan up, things may be tighter than others are, maybe tighter than us or maybe some people who could be way looser than us. I think we do have to think about money. We do have to think about budgeting. But I think it's very easy to fall into that, like, analysis paralysis here. And yep. I've just realized that, you know, knowing us and the types of trips we're going to take, I think we're going to be OK. And I get a lot of solace from that even though i'm not doing like reams and reams of papers worth of math i think people are gonna they're gonna come down to you because uh that that's a uh, position of privilege to be in if you don't have to <laughs> budget for it you know what i mean well no no <laughs> let, let me let me try to articulate right we're not gonna just start just spending wildly and like oh hopefully the numbers work out right if we end up planning <laughs> and then taking a big trip and that dramatically eats into our vacation spending for that year, well, then we're not going to be able to spend more than what remains. Um, but I don't, I guess I don't feel the need to like, well, okay, in the first half of the year, I could take two trips that look like this and put exact I'm numbers on. I, I, I'm just saying like, if you went and looked at like something I've done recently is just look at what a house might cost to rent at a time when I would want to spend time there. Yeah. And it's like, it's a budget buster sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, for sure. And that would be for us too. I think that's why, you know, the idea of home exchange is so appealing to us because yeah. the systems are so good at this point and we live in an area and it was part of our decision process. We live in an area where vacation rentals are very popular. And so the idea of if we decide to go forward with that idea, our area is appealing for, you know, many different reasons from a vacation standpoint. And so we think, we haven't tested this out, right? We could be wrong. But based on the research we've done, we should be able to do home exchange with our property with no issue. So that's another way to to kind of really take a huge chunk out of the cost equation, that being, you know, the, the place you're staying. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought about it. I've looked into it a little bit. I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. You got, what are your reservations? I don't You're just putting a lot of trust in somebody else's, you know, how they're pitching their property and they're putting sure. a lot of trust in you and you know 
they're still strangers living in your house. It's a different arrangement, you know, insurance for sure. scares me a little bit. I've got a wood stove in my house and this is just me being my anxious usual self, but I'm for like, sure. like, I don't know, is this, is this the right thing to do? Um, you know, so in that sense, I'd rather budget for just making accommodation, the, the accommodation spend work outside of okay. that. But it sounds like you yeah. haven't thought about it that way. You're not I mean, we- on spending to stay somewhere. Do we think about it? Yes, but also a lot of the places, the parts of the world we're looking at, I mean, the housing costs are so dramatically lower than one of the boroughs of New York that I agree with you. If, if indeed you want to do some things like that, if we wanted to like rent an apartment in Hong Kong or Singapore or somewhere like that, right now we're talking same ballpark is what you are. And I think we would, we, I know we would have to be much more explicit and that would probably change dramatically what we were able to do that year, for example, in yeah. terms of vacation or you know travel. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah, it is. I, it's. A, I mean, that's I guess why another, I say. Top- that's why I say it's like you you don't want to get granular about it, but you almost have to to some degree, right? Because, I mean, it's one of the things I push back on Laura a little bit because she she can have these kind of. Um, she says these things, but then when I push back on it, I'm like, well, have you looked at what that might cost? Yeah. You know, and you start running the numbers on them, like, because that's going to change the like, look at look at where this fits in the budget. It's just, you know, it doesn't fit. Yeah. And she's like, well, what? <laughs> well, I take your point. I mean, honestly, Eric, I do take your point. Let, let me let maybe let me try to articulate it differently. I would say if there's specific types of travel locations or styles of travel yeah. that are vital to you and, and are really going to be a part of your happiness in retirement, even if it's for a fixed period of time. Then I think it does behoove you to make sure your budget contemplates that because, I mean, imagine the disappointment if you've had this idea to, I don't know, whatever, do three cruises a year, right? <laughs> because you went on a cruise once and you loved it and you're like, in retirement, I'm not saying Dude, this you know me I, better. <laughs> but that is somebody's dream, right? It's just like there's people who go to Disney World every single family vacation, right? They love that stuff or Disneyland. Oh, I get it. Yeah. But if your dream is three cruises a year. And you haven't actually done the work of like, what does it actually cost to do seven, 10, 14 day cruises three times a year? Well, then you're obviously potentially risking a lot. Hey, Eric here with Two Sides of Fi, checking in with a quick request. Jason and I love making this show and sharing our conversations, but we need your help spreading the word. The best way to do that is to give us a quick rating and review on your podcast app of choice. And if you know someone on the Fi path, please hit that share button on your favorite episode. Every little bit helps. Thanks. It's very different than someone who says, I'm just super excited to travel. You know, if I do a big trip, I'll do two tiny trips after that. It's not, it's going to work out, right? Yeah. If you have specific needs, you who would want to be disappointed, right? To find that you can't do it. So I think <laughs> your, your guidance is spot on. If it's important, you better plan for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to be working forever, man. <laughs> No, no. All the comments are going to come in again. They want to see you guys get the chance to do the thing. I knew he was never going to retire. (laughs) I always said he was never going to retire. How many people said that? Come on, man. Hey, but you're leaving out all those people who said, if you love what you're doing, why would you stop? Maybe find a way to do it all. And that is in essence what you're saying. You're saying, how can I... I'm, I love what I'm doing. It's exciting. It's invigorating now. There's all these changes. Like, 
I want to find a way to stay engaged with it somehow, but allow it to be managed remotely. And then someday I turn over the reins, but maybe not the ownership. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to get there. It's funny. We were having, when Laura and I were having this conversation about living in New York and her all all going to see all these shows and everything like that, she's like, well, maybe we could turn the travel into some kind of, you know, we could make content about architecture and all, you know, the places we're traveling. Like, it sounds like you're designing a job for me, Laura. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I really want to do that. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, and maybe it's not (laughs) fodder for this episode, but this, that conversation sounds to me like Laura's reacting to an absence of things for years because of where you chose to live and continue, you know, get your kids through school and and do the career. And so that's not a permanent situation. It's very different from I need an apartment in Brooklyn for three months every year. (laughs) Right. Let's make sure we got that in the budget, Eric. (laughs) No, she, I heard what she's saying. I mean, she wants to live in, she wants to be around in a city. And actually she, she has a friend who has a place in Cambridge. Um, and we were talking about doing, a house exchange uh, oh, okay. with them, which which would be interesting, and I don't know if it's better or worse with friends, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you do a There's... house exchange with me, Jay? I would. <laughs> you would. You'd actually want to no, live no in Maine again. No doubt that you would be respectful guests. I I, I would have to uh, have somebody else take care of the animals though, because I know that you would not. No, no, dude. I I'd just let them all out. I'd you would I'd, set them all I'd free. Set them free. <laughs> That's what they want. <laughs> I don't know. I saw you with the cats when you guys were here. You, you didn't hate the cats. Oh, I was a. Pri- I thought that was a private moment. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, I've gone and shared another <laughs> private moment, just like you shared our uh, youthful smoking history. There you go. <laughs> well, you were just gonna sweep that under the carpet, man. I couldn't let you off. I mean, there was no reason to bring it up. I, I, I'm not going to sweep it under the carpet. I didn't post the photos of you and the, oh, geez. the little dolls. I, I mean, I, I think we I have might. to. <laughs> we're might. at detente here because each of us has photos of the other. <laughs> True. Right. I, I think there's many things that could never be aired or leaked. Oh, man. All right. Well, one of the other things I was thinking about was um, would you save some of the U.S. travel for later in life? Because it's maybe potentially a little bit easier to get around here as opposed to sitting in an aluminum tube with a bunch of other people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Know, doing long haul flights to, to Asia. Maybe. Yeah. I think if you're talking about like the less active kind where it's you're going to go see something or yeah. I don't know if we wanted to like cruise the coast of Alaska, which is the only pretty much the only way you can see it. Yeah. That, that's something we would save for later. And I think we, we're getting a lot better about just having that be an active part of the conversation. Yeah, cool. Um, and, and even some international travel might be, might be like that, right? Um, if it's a heavily cultural-driven trip, um, yeah, sure, that could probably wait. But on the same note, right, we, we're not the type of people that are very good at saying, like, well, we'll get to that someday, yeah. right? I think you gotta you got to sprinkle some of that stuff in because there's no guarantees, right? I mean – who knows what our future health is going to look like? We know what it looks like today, and we know what our family history is, but everything else is a question mark. So, yes, I agree with you, but on the same note, I think we both probably fear just pushing stuff out um, yeah, totally. indeterminately, right? Yeah. Would you bike? Would scared. you would you bike around Iceland with us? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't like cycling. If it was an e-bike. It's, no, I don't. Have you? I, okay, I've been to Iceland. E-cigarettes at, on e-bikes with with rare. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> There's a part of the year 
where maybe that works. <laughs> but then there's the rest of the year where it does not. Um, maybe. I don't know. I'm not against the idea. Oh, okay. I like, I so like that's bikes. A yes? <laughs> I don't know. Motorcycle. We're not talking big roads going around much of the island. No, just I know. so you're aware. Oh, I know. I'm aware. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> just checking. <laughs> All right, I don't know. So, I don't know if Lori's ready to get back on the bike uh, yet after oh, yeah. injuries earlier <laughs> this year. A, still got a TBI going on there. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. <laughs> bike hasn't been ridden so much lately. Uh, spelunking, is that in your future? I mean, certain types of spelunking are good. I enjoy caves. In the monsoon season? In Thailand? Oh, definitely. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go visit during monsoon season. <laughs> How about India? I have been to India quite a few times, and uh, Lori has not, and is keenly interested in uh, traveling to a number of places in India. So, hundred percent. No, we got to go rent a house in Croatia. Dude, I'm I'm all over Croatia, man. I know you are. That's why I brought it up. Zagreb. Come on, man, and cost effective. Yeah. Lots of great things to do historically, culturally. I'm going. Adventure go. travel. We got everything covered. Split and Havar, Havar, Far. I don't know how you say it. H-V-A-R. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I am looking at Norway. Ah, uh, Norway's pretty lovely. I've only spent a few days, but they were impressive days. I'll tell you what. It does. Um, my folks want to go there. and Oh, the, yeah? The travel window for my folks is closing. So they're of an age when I think they're, the slow go is turning to no go soon. So that's something I really want to do. And so that's that's another piece of the puzzle that I think everybody has to put in there. You know, Laura's mom has certain things. She wants to see the Vatican and, you know, travel to Ireland. And she hasn't done those things. And so, you know, I think that's something else to put in the calculus. And, of course, for sure. if we can take our kids and their significant others traveling with us whenever and wherever we possibly can. Like we're, we're trying to budget for those things too, because yeah, absolutely. I remember smart to be thinking. I remember those, those times when, when you're in college and like you can't afford anything, you know, and to be able to, to bring your kids along with you and have them bring some of their friends would be a, that would be a real privilege. So that's something that else that we have on our list of things that we want to do. Um, you know, whether it happens or not, it's hard to say, but, it's all it all lives in the list and um for sure i mean it, to me it sounds like you're you're thinking about an awful lot of the right stuff and uh you know we just got to get you to actually retire and then it sounds like you got a plan ready to fire on all cylinders i don't actually have to retire to travel you know like, you don't that's true you could you could do a several week you know grand canyon hiking and rafting trip with us um yeah, if when you are still we gonna have do the business that? when are we going to do that that could be next year. That's not even an expensive trip. Yeah, I'd be up for that. I'd love no, to it's. That. I would say it's. Uh, it's. That's on your guys' schedule. When it, whenever you're ready to start talking in detail about that, we can. Uh, we well, can get I, don't, that. I don't want to pin you down, man. I know. I know you don't like planning these things. No, that is not what I said. I'm a. I'm a planner through and through. Um, that's different than like getting out the uh, putting on the old bookkeeping hat and like doing lots of math. Getting the ledger uh, I'm not out. afraid of the cost of. You know, doing a rim to rim to rim hike and, you know, camping and then yeah. having some relaxation time maybe at the lodge after that. Um, that's going to you know, be great. Group. Yeah, lo- that, that's that. not an expensive yeah. trip and it's amazing and it's something that's very, you know, it's not you have a lot of flexibility in scheduling. I mean, there's a pretty good duration of year where that kind of trip can work well. Yep. Um, I'm on board. It just can't interfere with the Camino. OK, what's, what's the Camino? You said that was the following year. 
Yeah, no, next year, probably the spring. Yeah, probably mid March to, uh, excuse me, mid April to to mid May. In twenty twenty four. Mm hmm. Uh, no, twenty twenty five. Oh, okay. Yeah. But we're talking about. The... Oh wait, no, yeah, it is twenty. No, yeah, twenty twenty five. I'm right. Okay, so a year from next year. Yeah. Year and a half. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> year and a half. All right. So what are we talking for Grand Canyon? You're saying the year no, and a half. No, no, we can do it sooner than that. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. How does Lori do in the heat? Uh, better than me. Okay. Generally so, speaking, yeah. I do really well in the heat, but Laura does not. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll just plant. Yeah. I, no, no. Okay. This year alone has proven just how people should not be hiking in the desert southwest in that kind of weather, right? We've had people die this year, uh, as they do often, unfortunately. For, Every year in the Grand Canyon. I mean, that's you just have to know. Yeah. You, you have to know the smart thing to do. You can't hike down to the bottom and then try and hike back out in one. Literally, day. signs that say that as you head in, and in fact, people disregard that. Yeah. The last time we were Don't hiking there, that. Laura had a. She did have a little heat stroke incident, a mild heat stroke okay. incident, and it's it's a serious deal. And I definitely yeah, saw. I had many... one of those with you as well. I see a trend. <laughs> You can't blame me for this, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. You I, told me it was just a day hike. <laughs> what? <laughs> you did not get heat stroke. You just went anaerobic. Something happened. It wasn't good. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll do our best to have retirement travel be uh, fulfilling, uh, safe, <laughs> and heat stroke uh, free. Good. <laughs> I feel lucky to be aligned with a spouse who also sees travel like I do because I know not everyone has that privilege. Um, not True. everyone. Some people are homebodies. Some people travel a lot for work, and you know, they get to retirement. And they're like, I'm done with. That's traveling. true. You weren't. You didn't happen to be one of those people, but um, no. I hadn't. I have not done enough travel for work, so I'm the itch is uh, the itch is strong with me. Yeah, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to go back to the type of business travel I had to do and just be on planes constantly. But that's very different from, you know, deliberate travel to somewhere you want to get to and enjoying yourself when you're there, learning, experiencing. I mean, that 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 to me is what life is about. How much can I learn and experience? And yeah, totally. Enjoy. Um, that's all growth. So yeah, I, I love that kind of travel. I'm I'm super excited to do more of it. Ditto. All right. Let's get it done. See ya. All right, you heard it, folks. He's retired, and we're traveling. <laughs> Hit my number just now. Woo! Jackpot. All right. Take care, man. Join us as the conversation continues next time on Two Sides of Fi. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating it at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For show notes, resources, and links to the video version, please check out our website at twosidesoffi.com.